Welcome to Rogue Bogues. This is episode 49 of the Basketball Series. Welcome, everybody, and once again, thanks for all the support to tune in and hear our ramblings on the world of basketball. Pro, what's news? Ah, Bogues, what are you doing, man? It actually, it snowed like three snowflakes in Texas, so the whole state shut down. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're doing all right over here. You got no salt in Texas because they don't expect snow. No plows, no snow. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, everybody was on edge because there was like three snowflakes in the whole state. So everybody went nuts, but no, everything's good, man. How about you? Good, man. A lot, a lot, a lot has gone on in the NBA the last week. It's been um, we take a couple of weeks off, do do one show, and then the following show we've got we've got a huge run sheet. Um, there's a lot going on. I'm interested to hear who your team of the weeks are, but I'll, I'll go first as usual. Of course, mm-hmm. they just lost the game, but my team of the week were the Memphis Grizzlies. Before last night's loss, they were ten straight. They, you know, eleven straight. They were eleven on their last ten. They are now eleven and one. They got smacked by Dallas, um, and they were your team of the week last week. So that fit in real well because Dallas came out and obliterated <laughs> them on their home floor. I believe. I think it was in Memphis too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at Memphis, and you now both coaches were in COVID protocol. I watched the game, and I mean, they just whooped the mm. f- whooped the shit out of Memphis. Yeah, I caught a bit of it, and I, I thought I thought it'd be a closer game. But look, I gotta give credit to Memphis. They've had a hell of a last probably two weeks. It wasn't so much a cupcake schedule either. They, they, the scalps that they got in that 11-game uh, streak, they beat the Warriors, the Lakers, the Cavs, the Nets, and the Phoenix Suns. So definitely not a cupcake schedule by any means. And, and look, they're, they're looking good. Um, they, they remind me, not style of play, but just their group, similar to the Warriors team the year we won the championship. And what I mean by that is a good mix of veterans and youth, and they just seem to like each other. And they, that's what I—that's what I'm comparing them to. The Warriors—they seem to like each other. It seems to you know, a tough dude in the middle. And Adams, they've got you know Jackson Jr. has been great for him. John Moran, Bain—you know—a lot of guys that are just filling different roles for him. A good mix of t- toughness, speed, youth, and I'm not sure how you feel about them, but I, I feel like they've got a chance to make some noise. Maybe one piece away. Who knows? Uh, that could be to get them to that actual final series championships series, but I like what they're building around John Morant. I think it's a good sign to hopefully keep him there long term. What are your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies and then follow it up with your team of the week? They're everybody's team. You know, they're everybody can relate to them. They're they've got the superstar obviously in John Morant, but they've got all these other blue collar guys that they just play hard. They play for each other. They play they're intense. They defend. They they can make shots. They they're exciting. They got Steven Adams in the middle, which I love I'm a huge Steven Adams fan. And they're just you could really get behind those teams. You know, a team like that. And I think they're really tough to stop. I think they are missing something and they're like you said, they're like a piece away or so and but they've got all these guys and don't forget Dylan Brooks has been out for a while and he hasn't really been able to play but obviously Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. and you know some of these other guys as they got helping them out. Kyle Anderson comes in and does his thing. So they're a fun team to watch. They take the teams down. I do think that they were missing a little bit without Taylor Jenkins there. And no offense to the, you know, the acting head coach. He's he's really good too, but it's obviously different. You play Dallas, which is, you know, Dallas is rolling. I think you know, Dallas, they don't have the firepower without without Porzingis, but the ball moves a lot better without Porzingis. And because with Luka and Porzingis, it's a little bit tough. If those guys aren't rolling, they, they really, they have a hard time really keeping up with good teams and they totally shut down Memphis. It was, it was pretty really cool good game. defensively, Dallas too, which is surprising. They're, they're, yeah. they're, but, and one other thing, just to finish on Memphis, they've got that one wild card that it seems like every good championship team needs. And that is a big that can switch one through five. In, in, in Jackson Jr. And that's been noted by a few people that he's he's starting to become, they're becoming comfortable with going one through five with him in small ball lineups, even one through four. And his numbers defensively are very, very good. He's in his last 10, 2.9 blocks a game, 1.7 steals. One thing that has gone downhill for him this season is that three-point shot. His last 10, he's shooting 24%. He's 30, 30% for the season. That's one thing that's gone down. But what they've got back is He's becoming that wild card. And look, whether you like it or not, every team's got to have a small ball lineup that they can go to. And that small ball lineup is predicated on can your five switch one through five, keep that guard in front, be able to still protect the rim and make that guard finish tough in the paint or contest that three. That's what we see in portions of every playoff series. It comes down to that a la Clippers Utah when they expose Rudy that one series it's going to come down to whether your big can do that and they've got a guy that can do it so just wanted to make a note of that bro yeah no they're good I mean 
they're really good. I, like you said, they're missing something for now, but I think that they've got got a lot of their guys sewing up. I don't think John Morant's going anywhere. I think that that city loves him. That state loves him. Obviously, he's still on his rookie deal, so he's not going to go anywhere for a while. And I think that he loves that sort of role that he has. I think he can get behind. He loves the f- fact the city's behind him and just sort of his type of environment. And they've got a lot of blue-collar guys that, you know, they get it done. They got a coach that's really good. Young coach that's sort of getting his chance too. And Jaron Jackson, like you said, he got injury last year. But, you know, this year he's really coming into his own. And like you said, it's, it's you know, being able to switch. And that, that was a big thing, I think, with Golden State. You know, everybody wanted to talk offense. I remember talking to Chandler Parsons, and we were talking. Remember you guys went on that big run? I don't know if it was a championship year. Was that the year Second that you guys year. won, like, 18 straight? Yeah, Luke Walton. Yeah. Luke Walton was coaching, yep. Yeah, and he's like, pro, I think these guys are for real. And at that point, it's like, oh, fuck those, you know, any team that shot threes like that, you were like, nah, they're going to burn out. I said, well, what makes you think that or say that? And he goes, well, forget about the offense. I said, he goes, I don't care about the offense. The defense, you could switch one through five. Like, who who are you going to go by? And, you know, at that point, it was true. The, the, The defense was stifling. And I think that when you have bigs that could switch, when you have perimeter guys that could switch on a big, like when you have that switching lineup, and that's that's when not a lot of people switched. I think that was sort of coming into its own where now everybody was starting to switch a little bit. And then when you guys won a championship, forget about it. It, it was everybody switched because everybody likes to copy personnel, right? championship teams. You need the personnel. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't just get, grab a regular, t- hey, we're switching one through five now because everyone else is doing it. You better have the horses. Yeah, and that's the problem with the NBA, right? Like – Everybody wants just to do it regardless of personnel. And I always thought, I always thought that was uh, not really the smartest fucking thing to be doing, you know, for a team. When they wanted to take on this persona, but they didn't have the personnel to do it. It's like threes, right? When, you know, when you have teams that can't, can't make shots, they want to, but they want to still shoot 45 threes a game because that's what the numbers are telling you to do. You know, and then everybody wants to switch one through five. Well, that's what Golden State does. Yeah, that's fucking Golden State, motherfucker. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, you just do what you can do. So, anyways, I think that they're a really good team. They're really fun to watch. Hats off to fucking Dallas who kicked the shit out of them and just really took advantage of their you know, their situation and just, they played hard. Luka destroyed them. Dorian Finney-Smith had a big game defensively and Dwight Powell and, you know, Maxi Cleaver played well. It, it was uh, Brunson doing, you know, doing what he's been doing all year. So, they, they really kicked the shit out of them. It was pretty, it wasn't really that fun of a game because they, they killed them, but, it was uh, it was pretty cool to see, but yeah, Memphis was killing it, killing it with uh, with this little run they had before Dallas put them out. But it was uh, they're a fun team to watch, man. Who's your team? Your team of the week? Miami Heat, eight and two. Yeah, fair. I mean, they're destroying teams. Like that's short-handed. The one thing about them. They were short-handed with some of those no ten games too. Jimmy just came back. Yeah, I mean, they just like. It doesn't matter. It's like next man up. Sort of like the Patriots without the championships, right? Like, it's like, they just, it's just, they you, you do your job, you're tough. You can, the big thing about teams that really have a chance to win championships both. A, we talked about it before, when you can destroy teams that are below you, and then you can go on the road and hold your own and or beat teams on the road. And like they go into, you know, they go into Atlanta and they beat them by, I think they beat them by 24. They beat them 115-91. They went into uh, Phoenix and they beat them by 23. They go into Portland, which, you know, everybody goes into Portland and, you know, destroys them. But like they, they beat them by six, and, you know, after just losing to Golden State. Uh, that the game before that by seven. But when you can do that and you just have that toughness, you know, you've got Tyler Hero, you got Jimmy Butler that just came back. You got all those young guys that, you know, they're just getting called up or just up in their minutes and they're just performing. Kyle Lowry's playing tough for them. You know, they don't have Bam. Spolster, that's why I like when they're talking about real coaches because he's coached through bad teams, good teams, and they always seem to compete regardless of how little talent he's got. And he just sort of gets it done. He's they're a cool team to watch. How about o- Omer Yurtseven, bro? They they found something there, man. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I knew nothing about this kid. He didn't play a whole lot. Bam gets hurt. Prime example of a kid that's he's a rookie. Last attended Georgetown from Turkey. What is he? Six eleven, twenty three years old. But 
out of nowhere, man. And 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 like I said, first one to be honest, uh, I knew nothing about this kid. He's averaging six point two and six point six right now, but he's a rebounding machine. You look at this is his last five games, right? His last five games from January 5, 14 and 16, 7 and 16, 13 and 10, 17 and 11. And then last night he had uh, a tough matchup against Embiid as a rookie, but he had 10 and 6. But a rebounding machine can also pass the ball. He's had a couple of high assist games, an 8 assist game and a 6 assist game. Do you know much about him? I don't know anything really about him, but shit, they've found one. And then when Bam comes back, it's going to be interesting to see if they continue to play this kid because he's he's earned some fucking minutes. Yeah, you know, Bogues, like you've you probably had that discussion with a million young players the last five or six years of your career. You know, we always had it in player development where, look, two things. A- you stay in your role, like whatever whatever skill that you have that's going to impact a big game, just keep doing that. Don't play out of your role. Just do what's going to work. And then you always got to stay ready. You know, all these players, it's sort of like those movies you see when you start, you know, you're, you're on a des- deserted island and, and you're about to give up and you can't allow yourself to get crazy when you're not playing. You got to continue to do the work, do the same things every day and just stay ready. I always told guys, look, you're going to have that night in February where you're down 25, you know, and you're playing Golden State down 25 and your fucking coach just throws you in. You haven't played in a month. Well, instead of Golden State Warriors, you're playing COVID because COVID destroyed your whole fucking roster and you, <sighs> and you finally got thrown in a game because everyone's out and you're making the best out of your opportunity. And that's what that kid did. He stayed ready. He didn't listen to the noise. He didn't go crazy. He, he trusted those guys' ability to make him better and, and say, look, you're going to play at some point. And hey, look, he got that COVID opportunity. He's a COVID baby in the NBA. He's, that's what he is. He's, he was hatched through fucking COVID. And now he's, he's, he's got tremendous value compared to what he, where he had it, you know, in the preseason. And now they got a pretty good weapon that they could use. Agree. I mean, I'm I'm on the Yurt Seven train. He's my Mo Bamba, bro. He's my Mo Bamba. You're Mo Bamba. <laughs> He's my Yurt Seven. So, <laughs> big shout out to him. Um, I, I just love seeing guys come out of nowhere and be like, make me stop and have to actually click on the on their name and research where they're from and what they did so he's he's, he's got my attention and perfect situation in Miami with, with the way they do things there I think he's going to be a, a great player for them for a long time um, considering what he's doing at a, at a young age as a rookie okay team of the week my shitty team of the week now I've given these this team a a lot of good pub over the years, and I enjoy their team style of basketball. But the Utah Jazz Pro, mm-hmm. man, awful week. We got the same one. Yeah, we awful the same week. One. Four straight losses, five and five in their last ten. My problem isn't so much the losses; it's who they lost to. Their four straight losses were Toronto, okay, half decent, Indiana, Detroit, and Cleveland. You got to at least go two and two out of that four split, right? But what has also been sounded off within this? Rudy Gobert hasn't played in those games. Um, we know there's a lot of people talking like Rudy's not that good, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think we're, we're seeing what a Rudy-less Utah Jazz looks like, and it's not great. Um, it's not great at all, I think, not having that big fella. Even though he might not get that block shot on the stat sheet, him patrolling that paint, it's a different Utah Jazz with him not patrolling that paint. But I found you found some comments that were interesting around right after I picked the team of the week being the Utah Jazz, basically says that you know, the team's been one of the best NBA teams for a number of seasons. They're yet to take that next step forward and join the league's elite teams when it matters in the postseason. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year award winner Gobert sounded off what he believes separates the Jazz from the league's elite, like the Warriors and the Suns. Quote, when I watch some of these other teams like the Suns and the Warriors, those guys are a step ahead in terms of wing habits. They take every game personally. Devin Booker is playing his ass off defensively. Guys like that. They buy in, and you can tell they take pride in playing defense and stopping their man, doing whatever they can defensively to stop the other team and be part of a winning culture. I think we're not there yet, but I think we're going to get there. What do you think about that quote, bro? It's pretty strong words, man. It's kind of pointed. It's kind of pointed when you bring up Devin Booker. You bring up the the Phoenix Suns' best offensive player, buying in and playing defense. Mm. If I'm if I'm a certain star on that team, that's an offensive offensive juggernaut on that team. I'd be re- reading that like I think you're talking about. I think you're talking about me if I was Donovan Mitchell, pro. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely sort of indicated. You know, it's going his way for sure. Hey, look, you could say what you want. 
you know, they were a good team. They were, they were rolling this year. And this guy goes out and the team goes to shit. The team co- goes to complete shit when he's out. And hey, look, you could point fingers. You could, you could, you could call Rudy, whatever you want to call him. No offense, a little soft, co- you know, COVID microphone, whatever you want to like make fun of him for. You can't make fun of the fact that this guy's been out. And the team has totally gone downhill. And now he's calling out his team a little bit. Now, hey, look, you could you could judge him for that. You could you you could judge him if you want. That's a common person. But I think you know he, he's got some validity to what he's saying, man. I mean, you cannot win in this league unless you guard people. And if you don't have Rudy to to back you know back you up in the on the back side of the defense, well, you got it's got to come from the front side. And everybody's got to try to play both sides of the ball. And I haven't watched them. Although I took them and lost four fucking straight, the last four games I've taken <laughs> Utah, I've been I lost all four: Detroit, fucking Indiana, Golden State, mini. But yeah, like he's got some, he's got some points. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but I mean, look for you know for as much as he calls him out, I'm sure you could call him out for some things too. But I mean, look that this team is not competing right now. They're losing to some shit teams. That it doesn't matter if Rudy was out or not. You you got to be able to take. You know, you got to be able to go next man up and be able to beat teams. So obviously his value to that team is very, very high. And yeah, look, the playoffs, he, he got taken advantage of and all that. I get it. But I mean, this is, I know it's early and all, but it's a big indicator that they need him in the middle for them to be successful. They do. And for like like you said, all the criticism they get at times with he's not an offensive threat at times. Well, he's still, he's still a lob threat, um, but... You see what you lose defensively. So what do you want? They they look horrible defensively. They, they look older. They look old. They are old. You know, shit's not going right when Joe Ingles is trying to fight Jared Allen. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but <laughs> got to give a, yeah, a shout yeah. out to our guy Joe Ingles. He's frustrated. So you know, and we, he he likes to get into a bit of smack talk and all that. But he came in with a flying kung fu elbow to Jared Allen's head. And if Joey's <laughs> frustrated, something's going on in that locker room. So I, I think they. You know, they've been a team that has been that defensive team where they have bought in. So to see these comments from Rudy, I think there could be something more read into that. I think they're a very good regular season team when healthy. Um, but mm. this is what we spoke about it in the in, in our preseason rankings that this is their year. Like they, they, there's no more excuses for the Utah Jazz. Like you've built your roster, you've got your you've got a, a few star players, you've got a few star scorers, you've got a great bench guy in Clarkson, you've got a good backup big now for Rudy. The time is now. Otherwise, they they can't just. I think this roster is getting very close to not just having to make a tweak in the offseason. It's going to be a where's the dynamite and go boom. Factor that in with Donovan Mitchell staying long term. There's a lot of questions that are going to need, need to be answered for the Utah Jazz, and they, they need to get back on track. I still think they're capable, but right now they look like shit. And and I think this this can now silence a bit of these these people that even players in the league that have, have somewhat disrespected Rudy. Look, he's not a pretty player to watch at times. He's not, give me a, give me a 18 foot ISO step back, jab, 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 cha, cha, cha's process, fade away. He's not that guy that's going to look great on NBA 2K, but he fucking gets you wins and he's a, he's a monster in the paint. And, and you're not getting finger rolls and rolling hooks and layups and offensive rebounds when he's in the game. I don't care who you are. You're not getting that against Utah Jazz with Rudy in there. When he's not in there, well, you lose to Toronto, Indiana, Detroit, and Cleveland. Four straight. So that gives people their answer around Rudy. But um, yeah, let's hope the Utah Jazz can get back on track. I enjoy watching them play. I enjoy watching them you know, in Utah with that, that crazy-ass crowd they've got. So hopefully they can get back on track. Clay Thompson was back. We're going to touch on it. Every man and his dogs talked about it. But it was great <laughs> to see him back. In true clay form, 18 shots in 20 minutes in his first game back. Did you see the, uh, the quote around the first play of the game there, Ran? No. No, I think I, I sort of saw it. something like, what did he say, not to take it and he took it anyway no, or, so or he had to was, give the it play, up? The play wasn't for clay. <laughs> the first play right. of the game was for, I think it was for clay to come off a pin down curl and then I think it was a secondary off that pin down where they think they had Steph or someone else coming off it. But clay caught it off the curl, was supposed to move it on and just went straight to the bucket and shot that floater and made it. And Steve Kerr was like, I should have known better than to run clay as a decoy early on in the game. So <laughs> that's clay Thompson. We love him. I mean, he came in, Jack in, he played, he looked very, very good. I think now's a time where we see the body of work uh, that he's put in the last two years to get himself back on the court. Now is when you see it. Um, the first two or three games, you're playing on adrenaline. You're playing on the momentum of finally being back. He looked great. I think three or four games in, now, now the body's sore again. Now the injury might be a little bit of a sore again. The Achilles, the knee. 
So I think now is when Clay really, you know, that that body of work that he's put in really pays off because you, you, now you get now you're running in now you're running in NBA mud like everyone else. You know what I mean with those injuries. So it's been great to see him back. You know, once he gets back to to, to thirty solid minutes at both ends of the floor, which is going to be the hard thing to do for a little while. Yeah, they're going to be a very very tough team to beat. Um, you know, you factor in the Wiseman injury does throw a spanner in the works. I still think they they need they probably need one big body. Still, and I, I will, <laughs> if I'm a gambling man, I'd I'd, I'd guess they're going to pick someone up around the buyout uh, trade deadline. There'll be someone floating around. That's just the, just a big that. Hey, they might run into Philly in the finals. You know, they might run into you know Anthony Davis where Draymond gets in foul trouble. You know, um, so I think they just need another big that can come in there for ten or fifteen spot minutes and and bang a few people around. That's the one thing they're missing with with Wiseman's injury pro. Yeah, they really don't have that one big that they usually have, and they could rely on. You know, they use Looney and you know Draymond and small lineups and things like that. They definitely should look to do something. They're not going to look to probably unload any of those young guys. I don't think they're going to unload guys like Wiggins or or whatnot. Obviously, he's too valuable to the team unless the real the right deal comes up That'll so be they're gonna probably it'll, gonna be have, buyout. it'll be a buyout guy yeah it'll be that like you know that that type of player that just gets bought out and like you said deandre jordan you know someone like that yeah. just someone that that isn't playing in their current situation which deandre isn't probably our dad would be too happy there they're in the eight nine ten seed they're not like competing for a championship maybe he goes there you know and just gives him five ten spot minutes comes in with a yeah carly stein Carly yep. Stein just got waived earlier by Dallas to, uh, to make room for Marquise Chris. And so I could see DeAndre. I could see him, one of those guys getting waived to, to sort of just use their big body. They'll go through some struggles. Like they, you know, they'll struggle against some teams, you know, ju- or just getting used to it. I, you know how that rehab stuff goes. You know, they'll go, they'll have their ups and downs. So they'll have to sit, you know, Clay will have to sit once or, once or twice. Yeah. But once they get their legs late season, I think they'll be all right. Yep. Yep. No doubt, no doubt. Did you see by any chance that um, Kyrie might be able to play home games, bro? You know what? I did see that a little bit, but I haven't really read into it. Please fucking oh educate me God. on it. Oh, my God. Fucking- what a joke, man. This has just turned into such a joke, and, and we're dealing it here with with it here with Novak Djokovic to an extent, but um, there was a report from the New York Daily News that there were penalties listed in former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's executive order are as follows. Breach of those mandates is a warning for the first offense, $1,000 USD fine for the second offense, 2000 USD fine for the third and 5000 USD fine for the fourth, fifth and subsequent. So 5000 each indiscretion. And it's currently have... 20 home games. So on quick math, roughly 100K for Kyrie to play. Is that not is that not, not the biggest fucking no-brainer in the world, bro? One would think so. One would think so. Now, somebody said, and I could be mistaken on this, somebody said, I think that like there's a memoir on the league that said that, yeah, they, they're going to go on the mandate. Is it the state mandate that they have to they have to listen to or the city mandate? Is it the state mandate, you know, state as far as what city. they have to listen to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... I think it's It'd be state and city, wouldn't it? I think it'd be city. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unbelievable that he had to go through all this stuff and now all of a sudden they just could pay the hundred grand, which he probably makes by the first quarter. Yeah. And he could just, of one game, and just sort of write them a check and burn some sage and he'll be fine. So, everyone knows 100K, you throw that at coronavirus, it fucking disappears, bro. Everyone knows that. I mean, you can, you can tape it to your face, you can put it, tape it around the cracks of the doors around the facilities and arenas and then you're safe everyone 100 grand it's an easy fix so it's all about your health bro <laughs> like it's just i just cannot believe first of all the hypocrisy of, of of him being able to be around the team and the executives that were spoken about at length 100 million times but then you know it is a punishment at this point it's in my opinion i think it has nothing to do with health it's strictly you did not conform to what we wanted you to do uh, that, that most of the community did so we're going to punish you for it but now the fact that they're just taking the piece at this point like you're just going to pay a small little fine you can continue to play it'd be interesting to see what the NBA stance on it is whether they allow them to do that whether Joe Sy, who's been a big advocate for Kyrie not playing at one point until pro he needed some fucking wins and then you can you welcome back with open arms Kyrie eh? Kyrie you're my best mate come on yeah come welcome back We've, we really missed you I would have loved, to, loved for you to play earlier but it is interesting and just continues to be you know up is down as pro says black is white left is right yeah just another day at the circus my man yeah it is it is so one other thing the NBA has announced pro they've, in, they've announced the daily surveillance COVID-19 testing for players coaches and tier one personnel He's done, pro. No more. 
Individuals will remain subject to testing only if symptomatic or exposed or enhanced or if the, the league um, enhances a directive, like the league office says, well, you were around some some people that were deemed positive, we need to test you. But they're done with the daily testing. I think it's a good step. I think it's a good step not only for the NBA, but hopefully for society to not have a runny nose and straight away look for a test. You know, if you're sick, stay home, hydrate, take some medication, lie down, put an ice pack on your head, do whatever you got to do. I think we need to get back to that old school way of thinking pro, but I think that's a good move from the NBA because we all know culturally society follows celebrity slash sports and hopefully um, it will follow suit in this in this scenario, bro. Yeah, I mean, we've just been through so much with this virus and this, and this league, like how they handled it, you know, the testing, the constant testing, the bubble, the testing, sort of all this stuff, the Kyrie, you know, episode, the Wiggins episode. It's just, this is real. I think it's good. I think it's good to finally saying, hey, look, let's just move forward from this and, you know, we'll deal with it when we're not going to just, we're not going to be in fear of this thing as much as we were in the past. We're just going to deal with it and accept it. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's a step in the right direction, you know, not only for the league, but for society itself. Good job, NBA. We're giving we're giving you some positive pub today. It's fucking Armageddon on Rogue Bows this episode. <laughs> Did you see um this shit is hilarious? So the Sacramento Kings, they have a uh, a segment or a sponsor and it's called the Ice Cold Player of the Game, bro. Did you see this? Yeah, I heard about it. That's the Westbrook thing, right? Oh man, it was fucking funny. So anyway, for people out there, some context. Whenever Russell Westbrook missed a shot against Sacramento Kings in Sacramento, whenever he missed a shot, the sound clip of it's cold as ice <laughs> came on, right? <laughs> Every yeah, shot. So someone had clipped yeah. all the clips together of all these misses and literally they, they I don't know what he shot from that you know, game. He, he missed, you know, 10, 15 odd shots. Just kept saying cold as ice just for like two seconds. Every time he misses a shot, mm-hmm. and I guess they pick a player every game they do it with, and it was hilarious. It was marketing genius. I love it, and it's it's not. I don't think it's offensive. I don't think it's derogatory. I think it's you're a road you're a road team player. You're going to cop some shit. The NBA's banned it. So the NBA's told Sacramento they can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't, on what grounds? I don't know. But I thought it was very very clever and very very funny. They asked Westbrook about it. He had no idea about it because obviously you know players in games we don't. We're not really listening to what's on the PA half the time. We're concentrating on the game. They asked Bryce, and I like his comeback. He said, well, shit, has Sacramento been playing that the last 15 years? <laughs> so it's a good bit of good banter. Like, do we really want to get so robotic pro that we can't – like, even Russ could ha- – Russ had a laugh about it. Like, Russ was like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm taking a shot back at Sacramento. You guys have sucked the last 20-odd years. But yeah. for the NBA to come in and ban it, pro, come on, man. Well, I mean – with the players getting fans ejected, Booker the other day with uh, the Raptor oh. behind him when he was shooting free throws, like, hey, look, like they, I don't know. It seems like you can get under a player's skin pretty easily these days and for the most part. So I don't know how you deal with it. I guess they just sort of whatever they need, they give it to them. And yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty funny. You know, funny deal they got going on there, the cold as ice deal. But do you think Russ cares? Do you think Russ is a guy that would care though? I don't think so. The way he's wired, I don't think so because he's a competitive kid. But I don't know. These guys are a little extra sensitive these days about stuff like that. I, I, I definitely like the comeback that he had. That was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I think as a team official, probably from the Lakers complained because we're the Lakers. You can't do that to us. Just, t- just, I mean, these teams got to man the fuck up. I mean, who cares? Like, you're just t- trying to have some fun. Like, look, it's always going to come around. Like he said, they should have been having it for the last 15 years. No doubt about it. But like, you know, one day you're going to suck. Four days later, someone else is going to suck. And you know how this thing goes. It's funny. I I think you should be able to have some self-deprecating humor, you know, but not these days, Bogues. Everybody's so fucking, you know, wound pretty fucking tight, man. Yeah, but and, and it's going to come back. Russ is going to play there eventually and have 30, 10, and 10, and hit, maybe hit a buzzer beat him. Who knows? And he's going to give a yeah. shot back to him. And that's, that's a part of the, you know, that's what you want. Like, we don't want to turn people into robots. We don't want to turn people into, this is why I'm strongly against kicking fans out because it's hearsay. Yeah. You don't know. Unless, like we said, unless it's something that's been corroborated by numerous people, it was a death threat, like something that's like, you know, obviously past the line of being a human being. Get him the hell out. But if it's like, hey, you suck, dude. Hey, LeBron, you know, you're soft. Kick him out. Like, we, we don't want to do that. We don't want to encourage that. You're right. It has been encouraged by players, so it's not a surprise they've banned it. But we we, we cannot cannot be robots in society, man. Like, we just need to, we need to be able to laugh at ourselves. You're going to cop. Some, some days you're Elvin Gentry. Some days you're the bird. 
Some days you're the statue. He used to say that all the time. You know, some days you get shit on and some days you're doing the shitting on. That's a part of life. You can't always be the bird. You can't always be the statue. But man, I just, I just wish guys would have a, bit, a better sense of humor with this kind of stuff. Just give them a baseline. Or give them a line where they can't cross. Say, look, you can't say anything about family. You can't say anything about this or that. But you can say something about, you could say, like, you could make fun of a guy if he's having a cold night. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know, man. It, it seems like every time you sort of talk about that stuff, it seems like you're the old guy in the room and you're the, (laughs) you know, get off my lawn guy, you know? And it's not. It's just like, it used to be a league where like, you had toughness and guys can take it and you can make fun of guys and they'll be all right with it. You had some nuts and some fucking nutty guys that you couldn't do that with, but for the most part, you could do it. You go to the local supermarket, there's idiots. You go to the local car wash, you go to a local cafe, you go to the the local park, there's always that one asshole that doesn't pick up his dog shit. Like, it's like, what it... it's not just for basketball, but you're right. Like it's like you gotta you gotta have fun with it. We can't we just can't get to a point in society. And I think I think we're in the majority, bro. I hope we are. I think I think we are. I don't think we're there. I'll get yeah. off my lawn. I think most people can agree. I'm saying this as a former athlete that we've become a bit precious. That yes, you should be allowed to go to a game and give an athlete shit for missing a shot. You should be able to give him shit for yeah. being traded 15 times or being a bad teammate or any of that stuff. But yeah, wife, kids, death, family, you know, sickness. You know, that's basic human decency where you don't you don't give people shit about that, the uncontrollables, right? Um, race, religion, sexuality, color, creed. You know, obviously, you stay away from that stuff, and you sh- you should be punished if you if you cross that line. But it's getting to the point where you know we're, we're just. I, I don't want to be part of a robotic society. I want to I want to cop shit from someone, and I want to give them shit back. I don't want to be where it's like you know, hey, nice nice day outside. All right, good, see ya, bye bye. That, that, that's all we can talk about. Nothing else. But wanna- you know what? Like the same the same people will rat you out for doing it. Enjoys doing it, like they'll enjoy doing it for you to you. Yeah, no but shit. But if you do it to them, they want to, they they want to play victim. Like, come on, man, give me a fucking break, would you please? Yeah, exactly. And NBA players are the best at talking shit off away from the fans in the locker room. Like you be no in the locker rooms, like it's banter nonstop. No doubt, man. What shoes are you wearing, Bo? Because they're fucking ugly. Oh man, what is that outfit you got on? Oh, look at that shitty little car you bought. Like everything is judgmental in that locker room. You know, when I was with Chandler Parsons and Dirk, like, those guys can take it. Like, I destroyed Chandler Parsons and fucking Dirk every day, and they took it. Now, they love giving it. Like, Parsons, Chandler Parsons, I hope he can get him on the pod one of these days. That guy is one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever heard in my life. But, like, he has a bad night. You could kill him for it, and he'll laugh at you. Some guy can call him <laughs> white trash, swear at him, this and that. You know, I hope you die, da-da-da. He'll just laugh. Like, it's just, he, now, of course, that's a little... Uh, going a little bit far with it but like like you could al- say almost anything to him and that's how he is and I wish everybody was like that but you know how it is folks it's again down is up up is down fucking left is right it's fucking twilight zone my man yeah it's just it's just a slippery slope it's a slippery slope it's, it's literally we're, we're, yeah. we're one iota away from like you know not being allowed to clap when your team scores and not being allowed to boo when the other team scores we're, we're, we're very very close like oh, only positive yeah we're gonna be able to like click you're gonna have to like click like and dislike like from your chair that's what you'll be able to do and you can't say shit you know and if you if you're really angry you can really you, you just keep pressing dislike 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 yeah dislike. or an emoji like a you know, like a, a fu- oh, yeah a sad face emoji 100 percent. oh yeah i hope it's not just please listeners tell us we're not in the minority please tell us if we are let us know and we'll, we'll adjust but fuck if we're in the minority let's just end the pod let's end it now bro let's just wait for the media did you see by the way bogs we didn't write about this but did you see about a week ago Washington, like the Washington Wizards announcer, yes. like said something about Kevin Porter's dad, and he thought that Kevin Porter's dad played for the team. There was a, a Porter that played for played for Washington. He claimed the reference was about his dad being a basketball player, but yeah. his, his dad Which, actually shot and killed someone legitimately, right? Yeah, and then LeBron called for his head. I'm, I'm glad it went away because, as it should have, I understand though. Like LeBron's point of view for a half a second, if you didn't look it up. Like LeBron called this guy out for not looking it up. Well, he should have called. He should have looked it up as well. That this guy there was a porter that played for Washington. You know, I'm glad it didn't really go that far. I mean, maybe the guy should get reprimanded because I mean, just knowing the guys. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, well, he said it was an honest mistake, right? So for context, people, yeah. he said something along the lines of he can shoot a trigger. He can pull the trigger like his daddy. He pulls daddy. the trigger like his dad. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the 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 I guess Kevin Porter Jr.'s dad, which I didn't know, has shot and killed someone and is in jail or still in jail, or whatever whatever's going on. But the commentator had said. That no, I was referring to. I, I believe his father played played basketball for the for the Bullets or the Wizards back in the day. Yep, that's the context. And 
I mean, it'd be a silly thing for a commentator to say. I don't think he'd purposely say something. I'd, I'd give the nah. benefit of the doubt because in today's day and age, like we just spoke about, people getting offended. Like that, that's you're in, you're in big, big trouble there, right? But then LeBron came out and said that's unacceptable. Then they came back and said, well, LeBron, he said that he was talking about. Well, he should do his, but he should he should do research. He should do his research better. Well, LeBron, guess what? You didn't know enough about the Hong Kong situation either, buddy. So chill the fuck out. Yeah, and there's no place for him in our game. I remember that. That, that's what he said. Like, you know, like shit, like, you know how everybody's afraid of LeBron, like, and it follows what he said. Imagine, you know, there could have been death threats to this guy. That, like, and I, and I listened to a bunch of their games because I, when I watch them on, when I watch those guys on the, on the week pass, and the guy's like the straightest lace guy ever. It's not like Perk or someone like that or, you know. Yeah, Drew Gooden's a player like on a, that call, a, right? My former teammate Drew Gooden's the, the, he's the funny guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But like once in a while, I don't think he's on the telecast, but I think he like they, they probably put him in studio. But I mean, he's like as straight laced as straight laced can get. And it is what it is. Now, it's a little weird because there's no way that that guy would have said that meaning about the kid's dad. I mean, I thought he meant Terry Porter who played for the Trailblazers yeah. with Clyde Drexel. But there was another Porter that played that had a pretty decent career for Washington. Anyways, it's just a just another example of how like, you know. Like we're quick, tr- no pun intended. We're quick triggered, you know, to like go off on this stuff when like, well, wait a minute. You should find out what the guy meant first, you know? Yeah. Just another fucking shit show. Yeah. He got caught up in that, in, in that shit storm. That poor guy woke up in the morning like, holy shit. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Now the guy's got to apologize. They'll probably, I don't know. They might suspend him. Yes, Surely probably not. Do if like- they suspend him, that is a- f- that is an absolute joke. They suspend him for that. He'll like, have to do like nine classes. He'll have to like visit schools and stuff. I mean, visit jails. I sent him to AA just cause, just in case he was drinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, give me a fucking break. Yeah, that was. I saw that and it was uh, typical. I'm definitely not surprised to say the least, but um, it's a sad time. Nah. It was a small trade that went down pro. Interesting mm-hmm. one to me. The Atlanta Hawks traded Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks for a deal that includes a protected 2022 first round pick via Charlotte. Knicks also acquire Solomon Hill, 25 second round pick via Brooklyn in trade. And New York also at the end of that included Kevin Knox in the trade to Atlanta. I don't mind Cam Reddish. I don't know what the story is there, but you know he had some injury issues early in his career. Didn't play a lot last season. It was in and out of the lineup. Came back, had a decent playoff run. 11.9 points this season, two rebounds, one assist, 40% from the field, 38 from three, 90% from the line. I think that's a good acquisition for the Knicks. Now, there could be some personality issues, some cultural issues there, which I'm, I'm assuming. Apparently, he's he's been wanting out of Atlanta for a number of months, if not a season. And they just finally bit the bullet and said, we're going to get you out of here. And, and they obviously suck right now too. So, they you know, they could make that move right now and just get on with things. But um, what are your thoughts, Pro? Who, who wins this small little trade? Obviously, the Knicks didn't really give up much for it. And, and you know, they gave up a, a protected pick, which usually those picks are prote- lottery protected, you know, so it's, it's not really going to be much. So basically, a protected pick, Bogues, it says, all right, it's going to be protected through lottery. So if it's a lottery pick next year, if the Knicks fall in the lottery, then it, it goes to the next year and then it goes to the next year. You know, and it usually like the protection goes lottery and then it will go to like 20 usually and then up and up. And then if it's not collected by a certain amount, of, a certain year, then it, it becomes either totally unprotected where it could be any pick um, depending on where they fall or it, it turns into a, something else like it turns into like three second rounders or two second rounders or whatever. Look, you get a free look at Cam Reddish. He's a pretty good player. Look, I think he was like the 10th pick of the draft. He's a talented kid. Had some attitude issues from what I've heard. And look, you know, everybody that ever gets drafted thinks of Michael Jordan anyway and LeBron James. So it's like he probably thinks he's a lot better than he is and he needs more of a role in the team. And most of these situations, even if you're drafted at 10, you know how it is, folks. You're probably like fourth or fifth best player in a team at best anyway. But you probably think you're a lot better because that's where you've been your whole career. So now the Knicks got a free look at this kid. They've already got this young team, sort of young, sort of not, that they're trying things out. They get this free look at this kid who is an, an All-American, who is you know one of the best players in the country in college, hasn't really done a lot yet. And they gotta, you know, they see if this guy, they kick the tires on this guy and see, see what happens. And then, uh, Atlanta just gets off this guy. They got a pick that, you know, probably won't turn into much, but who knows? And then they they also get Kevin Knox. So we'll see. I like it. I like it for the Knicks. I think it gives him some, a bit more shooting. You know, he can shoot the ball. Um, he's, he gets them up at times, but he can shoot, shoot the ball. Like I said, he's right on 38% for the season. Um, his percentages have got, gotten better from last season where he was, he was a dismal 27% last season, but, um, in and out of the lineup started only played 26 games so i think that was attributed to his to his injury and coming back from that but um yeah i mean you're, you're getting 
a free run at a guy that's averaging 12 points. The Knicks need a bit more three-point shooting. I think it's a good move. I think it's a low-risk move. You know, Thibs isn't going to tolerate that BS. Cam Reddish probably knows, hey man, I've got a second lease on life here. I can't I can't be a dickhead. You hope he goes in there, puts his hard hat on, does does his work and provides a bit of a spark for them. But um, I like it. I think it's a good it's a good pickup for the Knicks. And the Knicks needed something to, to kind of give them a bit of a jolt. Hopefully Derek Rose will be back soon and they can make a, make another run because they've been they've been all over the place too. They've missed out on our NBA team of the week, as in shitty, just a few times because there's been teams way shitter than them. But they've been close. They've been teetering, pro. So we'll watch that space. The Detroit Pistons, again, pro, have, uh, have made a trade and then – Failed a player on a physical. Bol Bol was uh, was traded from the, the Nuggets to the Pistons, and his physical was failed, which is always awkward. The team trades you and then has to take you back. Oh no, we didn't mean to trade you, dude. Like we, we still we still have a place for you. <laughs> um, that's always a weird one to me. But Monte Yunus has uh, given a quote around this. He was famously denied the trade with Detroit back six years ago. Now he gave comment and said. I was failed on physicals and told by the Detroit doctors I will not play basketball again. Six years later, I'm still here and I have many years to go. They are destroying young players' names and futures in the NBA by doing this. That was a quote he gave to Alex Kennedy of BasketballNews.com. It is an interesting point he makes, bro. The Pistons are notorious. They've, They've had more than a few failed physicals over the years. You don't see this very often, but as soon as a team fails a player for a physical, they could be right or wrong. Doesn't matter. That name is tarnished then. Your, your name as a player, your value, because pl- teams look at it like, we think he's fine, but shit, that team over there failed him. It's like it's like that girl that no one wants to date at high school. Like, why is no one dating her? She's not not bad looking. What's going on? What am I missing here? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's this situation. I think, you know, once Eunice has a point and he's still playing basketball, albeit not in the NBA, he's still playing six, seven years on. Remember, I was told with two different injuries, I got that puppy dog pout face when I asked about you know, what's what's the prognosis? It was like, eh, NBA basketball, probably not at the top of your list. Twice, pro, and continued to play. So, very, very interesting. What are your thoughts around it? I think the reason why they failed the physical of Bol Bol, they took one look at his highlights and they go, no, no. <laughs> you know, so I think that that's the physical he failed. He's a summer league All-American. He's not very good. He's had a, he had a very good name in, you know, in college or whatnot. Look, I don't, I think, I mean, I don't think they've, Fake failed his physical. They didn't give up anything for him. So, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like they gave up anything for him. He, it was sort of like, almost like the Knicks where they're just getting a free look at the kid and because they're not going anywhere anyway. But yeah, I mean, look, if they make mistakes on this stuff, it could tarnish it a little bit for sure. Um, I don't think he can play, although I said that for Mo Bomber and the guy was like Carmelo in the last nine months of his career. But like with this situation, I, you know, Monte Yunus, I remember uh, his situation about failing physicals and things like that. Hey, look, I mean, that's that was his take on it, you know, Detroit and his situation for sure. So he he gets to feel a certain way about it. And he's not wrong in that and in, in, in the way he probably got handled. I haven't really paid attention to what they've done medically in a long time in Detroit, so I can't really speak on it. It, but hey, it could really fuck you up. Like you said, it could give you a, a reputation. It's like a credit rating. You know, it'll take about eight years to fucking clean up, especially if they say you got a certain something. I think he's suffering from a, a rare form of can't playitis that is irreversible. So that's what I think Bol Bol has. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't care what he failed on his physical, but a lot of times too, you could feel a physical and they could just say, and, and they could just like sign a waiver and take you anyway. Yeah. So I'm surprised that, the, that they fly. It's not an expensive deal. It's on his rookie deal, right? Like it's like, that's why I didn't, I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, second round pick. Yeah. It's like he's, he's on shit all money. You can bring him in. And even if he is hurt or you don't want him or whatever reason, you just cut him and you eat, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe six, seven hundred thousand dollars for the season. I don't, I don't know what the number is. I'm making this up, but he's not. This isn't a guy that's got 50 million guaranteed for three years where you're like, holy shit, like, are we guaranteeing someone that's a, a walking injury? That's why it was head scratching to me. And that's why I brought it up because it's just, it just, it's just a weird one. It's like, why, why even bother with the trade if you then realize he's not not good? Like, you've you've had his highlights for the last two years and know what's going on. So, anyway, but yeah, it can it can cost the player. And like I said, you get tarnished with that X on your back or that stench. It might not be true, but if one team labels you that, bad attitude, injury prone, whatever, well, then you got to live with it and try to prove everyone wrong. And it, can, it can cost you money. In the meantime, Dame Lillard is out pro. He's, uh, it looks like he's going to be done for the season or close to abdominal surgery, a reoccurring injury that he hurt a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago now. What's telling in this is they haven't set a timeline, which tells me it's season. It says the surgery is getting reevaluated in six to eight weeks. 
that is two months for everyone out there. That puts us to March, and they're, they're not going to be. You know, they might be in contention for maybe the 10, 11, 12 in the, in the West, but are they in tank mode? I mean, Anthony Simons is playing very, very well um, for them. He's, he's having a hell of a run, taking that opportunity, another young guy. But, but I mean, are they, are they pretty much in tank mode, Pro? And, and is Dame, has Dame played his last game for the Portland Trailblazers? Folks, I don't know. Like, every fiber of my being wants to say, yeah, it's, it's his last game. They're going to move on. But how are they going to recreate Dame Lillard if they get rid of him? Like, what are you going to get? You're going to get Ben Simmons, maybe. You're going to go there. You're either going to have to go full tank to get young players and go young again, or are you going to take all these high-priced, middle-of-the-pack guys and get take all this money? You know, you're paying him a ransom for his contract, and he's going to want an extension, which he obviously wants. So what do you do? Do you get rid of him for Ben Simmons? Do you go to Boston and ask for Tatum? They probably won't give you Tatum, but they might give you Brown. Like, you could get, obviously, something for him, but where are you going? Like, Dame Lillard's arguably the best player ever in your organization, maybe besides Clyde Drexler. You're going to get rid of him, but, like, what are you going to get back? That's the thing. Like, he's a top 10, top 11 player in the league. Do you just go try to get some picks and maybe a, a shedding salary, start building around McCollum and Simons and then go for a semi-rebuild? I, I don't know, but that roster's not getting it done. And even if they do get it done, best case scenario for them is a second round loss. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. is that what you're building towards? Is a small Like, maybe it is for a small market. I know I was in Milwaukee for a number of years and the goal was just to get a get in the playoffs even if it was eight seed the owner was happy right so yeah i don't know but if you're trying to build to the future you probably just got to get on with it and blow it up get some young assets back free up some cap space build around simons maybe even you move mccollum as well down the line and just say fuck it we're going bang like you know this roster is not going to get it done you know you okay you bring simmons in for lillard you got simmons simons and um and mccollum with nurkic are they getting out of the second round i don't think so not not in the west no not at all. They're they're flawed. Their yeah. roster's definitely flawed. They they're tried stuck in a tough spot. Yeah, they maximized it. I mean, they they got for a small backcourt like him and McCollum is. They don't play defense. They're offensively minded and they're small. And they don't got anybody. They try, but they can't. Right? They're just not. That's not in their DNA. They're into Golden State three of the four years. Yeah. Four of the five years. So what, what the fuck are you gonna do? Like, so they, I think they got. But it's just time. I think it's, it's that. You know, do we break up now? Or do we break up in, in nine months' time? You know, it's 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 coming, bro. It's, it's coming. I I just don't see a scenario where they're like, you know what, McCollum and Lillard continue to be our guys. We're going to build around them. I mean, they're not getting any younger. I just think it's going to be time. You might as well get some assets back and rebuild through the draft as a small market. That's the only way. You're not freeing up cap space and bringing in a third wheel to Portland, another max guy. Like you got to rebuild. You got to go no. la OKC. You got to go. You got to go that route when Portland were dominant. You know, so or Bogues, you go to Philly and say, look, we'll do Lillard. For Simmons, Tobias Harris, Thibel, maybe a couple of picks. And we'll give you Lillard because that's what they want. They want a superstar to put with Embiid. And they want a treasure chest full of things back for Simmons. But to get Lillard, would they give you that? I think they will. You think they will? If you're Portland, now you get better defensively with Simmons and Thibel. And then you get Harris that you could put with Powell and McCollum and you're right there again. So, and you and you roll the dice with Simmons. Yeah, I don't think they do both Simmons and Harris though, do they? Well, that's what they're offering now. Like, that's what that's what I've been hearing that Philly, it's out there that, wow. that Philly's offering Harris with Simmons to get off Simmons. And that's for like minimal deals, maybe a little bit better than what we've been what we've been talking about in the show. McCollum, Sacramento, stuff for like Heald and Harrison Barnes. You know, those are aren't great, great, great players in those trades. So they're trying to up the trade they're gonna get back to throw Harris in there. Now if you're gonna get Lillard because if Lillard doesn't want to be there, to get Lillard, you're giving up one of the best defensive players in the league in Thibel, but and you're giving up Simmons, which you want to give up anyway. And you give up Harris, who could really score, but you've got some guys that have been scoring a lot for you anyway, with like Seth Curry and some of the, you know, um, some of the other guys that they've got on their roster. So it'll be interesting, folks. I don't think Portland could just give them away and just get all these young assets back. I think that if they want to do it, they can do it and still get some good players back if they want to do Lillard. So it'll be interesting. 
interesting to see what happens. I told you they hired his shooting coach. I mean, his workout guy, they hired him as a shooting consultant, Phil Beckner in, in Philly. So I'm sure Lillard, if they, if he does want to get traded somewhere, wouldn't mind going to Philly to be with this guy. And, you know, he gets to play with Embiid and do what, whatever they're going to do there. So I think that there will be a trade in Philly. If there's going to be a trade done, it'll be with Philly. Heard it here first, bro. You're, you're the... Yeah. Pro Joukowsky. Yeah. Pro bomb. Pro bomb. Pro bomb. All right, we'll watch that space, but the shit Philly better get moving. That deadline is a month away, so it will be interesting to see if we're right about the scuttlebutt of them not moving him, but it will be nice to see him on a roster and playing. Real quick, some NBL Australia, nothing really too big pro. There hasn't been many games. Games are starting to fire back up again with COVID protocol. Illawarra looked the goods. They they smacked my Sydney Kings the other night. They look tough. They look primed. They are a team in the NBL, Brian Gorgian coached. They have a good mix of youth, a good mix of imports, a couple of returns turning players they just seem like a team that is they just don't panic we had them against the ropes early i think it was 9-0 or 11-0 at one point he didn't call a timeout he let them play through it and figure it out they came back and win the game so big up to illawarra they're looking very very good the rest of the league below illawarra in my opinion i think Perth still up there is it's pretty wide open it's good to have the games back pro the imports here man i've spoken about it a little bit but there is no imports to bring over um rj hunter just went down with a season ender for us Ooh. dislocated patella we believe we're not sure we're just waiting on on hearing exactly what is what is up there but he's going to be he's going to be um you know tweaked his patella dislocated we're not we're not too sure waiting on scans but he's going to be out for the season so we're looking for imports to replace him and man it is very dry because of what's going on in the nba uh, most imports yeah. are staying close to home because they they're just like you know what we're just going to stay here and and wait to pick up a deal and you don't fault them for that so it's actually hurt the nbl so for the people wondering why there's not a whole Flux of imports coming over the NBL. That is your reason. The you know the ten day for for a guy that could potentially come to Australia, ten day in the NBA would pay almost you know three quarters of his salary in the NBL. So it's just a no brainer. And we've seen we spoke about it at length a couple of weeks ago or last week that there's been over you know five hundred and fifty rostered players in the NBA this season. So if you're, you know, if you're an agent for a lot of these guys, you're like, just stay patient, stay here. There might be a few more COVID cases. You'll get a quick 10-day and you'll make your money. So it is hurting leagues around the world, Pro, with imports. But other than that, we'll get a few more games under our belt and talk more NBA next week. Stats, Pro, useful or useless? You ready? Got some good ones? Sure, why not? All right, so Giannis in 30 minutes versus the Warriors. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. First player with multiple 30-point triple-doubles in 30 minutes or fewer in the last 40 seasons, bro. Useful or useless? Oh, that's useful. I, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, it's impressive. So, man. multiple 30-point triple-doubles in 30 minutes or fewer. Yep. I wouldn't even have thought of that, folks. I thought I, I would have thought that maybe somebody would have done that. That's pretty damn good for 40 seasons. Well, especially considering how much Russ has put up. Yeah. Yeah, you would think someone someone would have done that with a triple-double, but he hasn't. I think it's useful. I mean, he's having another MVP year. He's number one currently in the NBA.com rankings for MVP. They finally got Jokic up there at two, thank God, so he's getting some respect, but Giannis has a chance to get another one, so we'll watch that space. Next one, the Clippers have scored 62 points in their last two first halves. Combined, 62 points in four quarters, pro. Useful or useless? That's, that's ugly. If you're paying for those seats- That's ugly. That is ugly. That's pretty ugly, folks. That's pretty fucking ugly. They do have injuries, but- I mean, 60, 62 points in four quarters. Ooh, yeah. 15 or just under 15, just under 15 a game. Yeah, they, they need to be refunding people some of their fucking money back going to, the, going we'll to see them play. show up for the second half. <laughs> just like, yeah, just show just up. Like, yeah, be like Miami and show up in the third quarter. You'll be all right. Exactly. So I, I think that's useful. They need to find some offense. Paul George should be back soon. We've spoken about Kawhi, but they got to find something there. Um, the genius that LeBron, LeBron says Teron Lou is. Let's see it without some superstars. All right, next one. Russell Westbrook, <laughs> last three games, pro. Nine points, four of 14 field goals. Six points, two of 12 field goals. Eight points, two of 14 field goals. He has shot 20% in that span, pro. Useful or useless? Oh, man. That is pretty fucking ugly. Does he play for the Clippers? <laughs> he should. He'd probably still be leading them in field goal percentage, though, but yeah. Folks, what the fuck? I mean- Look, he's not a he, he's not a high clip guy, so we, we know he's not a high clip shooting percentage guy. He never really has been, but they are alarming numbers. And this is my gripe I had with the Lakers from day dot. You're putting a guy that needs the ball and he's the strongest, his strongest attribute is getting everyone involved and having triple doubles, having the ball in his hands. You put him as the number two option next to LeBron, where historically that needs to be a three-point shooting guy for LeBron. It was trouble from day dot and we got one right. I called that from the preseason. I think a lot of people got that one right. I think it's almost useless because we know this is Russell Westbrook, right? 
Is it really that? Is it really that surprising, Pro? Yeah, it's surprising. It's surprising to me about these numbers. These numbers. I mean, they're they're tough, but it's not. It's it's not really who he is. You're right for sure. And this is the problem when you're going after names instead of fit when you're trying to acquire players. And this has been the this has been the Lakers' problem, you know, for years trying to bring in names instead of being like, you know what, forget about what ESPN would t- talk about us in the radio shows and the, and the podcasts and stuff. And, you know, you know, tipping our hat to us about bringing in a name. And is this name really going to fit, especially with this colossal contract? It's not Russell Westbrook's fault. Like if you look at his numbers that he's putting up shooting wise, you know, and all that, it's pretty sort of, stable on like it's a staple of what he's been doing is you know the last few years anyway so it's like you knew what you were getting anybody with the brain in their head knew that this is going to be a bad deal for them because like just what you said you got a guy who needs the ball with another guy who needs the ball with less shooting and that neither one of them want to play second fiddle to the other and it's just tough it's got nothing to do with like saying anything bad about Russell Westbrook. It's just DNA. It's just bad fit. Now, like, look, with Kuzma and Montrez Harrell and KCP, the guys they dealt to get Westbrook, yeah, they're not perfect either. But none of those guys need the ball. And they play a better style with those guys. And you could have just stayed put and then maybe try to acquire somebody this year anyway. But now you trade those guys who don't need the ball and play a decent role, not perfect players, they're flawed, for a guy with a colossal contract that's definitely a 98% going to fail with this other guy that you put him with because they're just, they're just the same type of player. They need the ball and they're not very efficient. So Blame Rob Palinka. If you want to blame anyone, don't blame LeBron. Don't blame Russell Westbrook. Blame Rob Palinka because that was a fit that was doomed from the start. Next one, Jazz this season. 27 and 10 with Rudy Gobert, 1 and 4 without Rudy Gobert, but here's a kicker. They are ranked 30th in defensive rating in those five games without Gobert, bro. Useful or useless? Well, first of all, somebody's going to explain what the fuck uh, defensive rating means to me anyway because I'm pretty I'm pretty fucking stupid with that, but that's pretty useful. Well, with him on the floor, their defense is very good. With him not on the floor, their defense is fucking horrible. <laughs> See, Bogues, you get me. I got you, you. get me. A few F-bombs, we got it. Oh, yeah. That's how you explain it to me. Yeah, of course, it's useful. I mean, it it, it just go. It's it's a, it's a short span, but the teams they lost to and how they lost to them by, if you're a championship caliber team, it's next man up like we've been talking about. So, All good it's teams. It's very useful. All good championship yeah. teams. The Warriors, during their runs, they rested guys on random nights, almost on purpose, to have other guys step up. Enough with the Rudy Gobert slander. Yeah. Hoover's in the numbers. Useful as fuck. They need him on the floor to be competitive to win a playoff series. Without him, they're just not going far. So, all right, fact or fake news. You've done it. You've put a little twist on it, pro. You could put a little Memphis twist on the fact or fake news, man. Yeah, you know, Bogues, it's it's stressful, you know, trying to think about these fact or fake news tidbits for you. So <laughs> instead of just spreading it out and trying to find this this thing better than this, this guy gonna win more games than this, let's let's center it around one team, one player, and just sort of get your whole sort of view on this player. So it's gonna be John Morant. Look, everybody's been talking about John Morant. How many times do we have to hear that he's like Alan I a more athletic Allen Iverson? Like, you know, he took the league by storm, blah, blah, blah. Finally they're figuring out that he's much better player than, you know, Zion Williamson. I don't think it, it took a rocket scientist. And finally, people are finally, you know, talking about that. So let's, let's talk about John Morant. So first off, right now, if you had to rank all the players, right? And not ranking them, but just sort of get an idea of how you would rank the league. Based on talent, age, value, all of that. Would you rank John Morant in the top 15? Uh, I would, yeah. I'd have him in, I'd have probably have him in, off the top of my head, he'd be around 10, 11, 12. He'd be 10. Yep, somewhere around there. Yep. So here's the guys, right? Kevin Durant, in, in, in no order, but Kevin Durant, LeBron, Luca, Jan, uh, you tell me like if, the, if, if, if I mention a guy that's, that, that John Morant's better than. So you got Durant, LeBron, Luca, Giannis, Jokic, Steph, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Now here's where here's where that you probably can get them in there. That's nine names right there. Then you got Dame Lillard, you got Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, John Morant. Then you start getting into the Donovan Mitchells, the Trey Youngs, the Kyrie Irvings, the Paul Georges, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Rudy, Brandon Ingram, guys like that. So would you put them in your top fifteen? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I would. 
Definitely. Yep. Yeah, yep. me too. I think he's in there. I think he's in there. And I think they're winning games. Proof is in the pudding. I think they're, he's having a huge impact on them and he's going to continue to be a, a force. I mean, earlier on in the year, we spoke about at one point he was leading the NBA in paint points, which is outrageous from the guard spot, right? Yeah. So he's, he's putting his head on the rim. He'll get better at, at learning not to go in there as much once he gets a bit older and, and rely a bit more on that outside jumper. But yeah, I, I like him. I think he's a great player and, and his athleticism is unmatched in the league at the moment. So, so fact. Yeah, fact, fact for fact. me too. I think, I think if. Yeah, I think he's in the top 15, so I think he's right around that 11 or 12. I, I think you could put him as high as 10, as high as 9, actually, and based on age, and then, you know, like that 9 to 12 range. So, that's fact. All right, so let's stay with the ranking of John Morant. Now, players under 26 and under, would you put him in the top five? So, here's the list of eight guys that are 26 and under, and you tell me. So, you got Luka, you got Giannis. You got Jokic, you got Booker, you got Ja, you got Donovan Mitchell, and you've got Trey Young, you got Jason Tatum. So those are eight guys on 26 and under. Would you put him in the top five on those guys' list? And if you did put him in top five, where would like who would you rank? Like I think where I would you five. rank? Them? So I think I've got go through those names again. I think I have Luca above him, Giannis above him, Jokic above him. Who else do you have? Booker, Ja. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I think Booker and him are wrestle for four, five, and then I have Donovan, Donovan Tatum below. So yeah, he, he makes my top five. I think he just scrapes in. You? That's exactly how I had it ranked. Luca, y- uh, Giannis, Jokic, Booker, John Moran at five. Yep. And Donovan Mitchell at six. Yeah, that's that's sort of how I had it. And then I had Jason Tatum. I actually I had Trey Young and then Jason Tatum. So yeah, I, I have a fact as well. All right. So that's easy. That well not semi, that's semi-easy. Last one. Memphis Grizzlies will make an NBA final in the next five years. Ooh. Fact or fake news. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. That is tough. So here's what you got, folks, right? In my opinion, in the West. You got Phoenix who sort of, you don't know where they're going to be in five years. Look, you got Booker, you got Aiton. You got those two guys. Then you got Bridges. Chris Paul is definitely going to be a shell of himself in five years. I don't care how many insurance commercials he can do. He's not going to be where he is in five years from now, where he is now. So you've got that group together. Don't know what Golden State's going to be, but they got these young guys coming in with, you know, with Steph and Draymond and Clay. Then you've got Utah who's, you don't know where they're going to be. Dallas could be that team that could sort of, rise up because at that point they'll probably bring in somebody else you know for KP and to put a, a number two guy with Luca and, and with the role players and see what they can do they they could be a team that gets out of the west in the next five Denver's probably gonna be you know out of that they're probably gonna get too old or something's gonna happen to them Lakers I think are done now like I don't think I can't see the Lakers even if they dump salary, make trades. I think they're done as far as being a finals team. I think that they could get out of... Right now, I think they're going to have a hard time. And, you know, I, I said this a month ago. I think they're going to have a hard time getting in the top 10. But let's just say they're going to get out of... They're going to get in the play-in or, or even as high as six. Where do you go even if you do make that? Like, they're not making anything. So, Memphis with the most exciting player on... You know, right now, one of the most exciting players in the league. You got all these role players. You got a good coach. Is John Morant going to be gone in five years? Do you see this team making a run to make a finals in the next five years? One time. Can they be that Phoenix Suns one time? Shit. It's tough because the West the West is, is still a tough conference. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say fact. They will. They'll have one. They'll have one run at it. I think they're a piece away. They make mm-hmm. that adjustment in the offseason or the following season. And then I think they get there in the next five years. I think they're a young team. They have a lot of young talent. And I think they can keep this group together for two or three years in a row. More from now. I think they'll have that opportunity. But um, look, it's a coin flip in my opinion. But I'll go I'll go fact on it, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna go fact too. And I hate I hate saying I, I hate co-signing you for all three. You know, I don't like to to do this where we co-sign each other, but I think that they will. The way the league is, and if Jock could stay there and then, you know, and Jaron Jackson makes a little bit of a, a rise. They add another piece that good in free agency. Their front office has done a pretty good job, like putting pieces around. But um, now the only thing is they're not going to be drafted in the in the spots that they need to draft in to get great players. So you're going to have to get a lot of mid to late first round picks, you know, and figure that stuff out and then use free agency. I don't think that they spend a ton of money. You know, Kyle Anderson will come off their books. And I'm almost positive that um, that a couple of other guys restructured their deals for them as far as like, uh, I think Steven Adams restructured 
his deal. So he's like on a lower deal. But they don't really have any high money guys. The problem is they're going to have to max out Jaron Jackson. They're going to have to max out John Morant. You know, Dylan Brooks is going to get something if he didn't already. Desmond Bain's going to get a decent contract. So the problem probably what's going to come up for them is are they going to spend that money that they need? You know, Xavier Tillman's a decent player and some of these other role guys. You know, Conchar, he's a pretty good player. They, you know, that young kid that's been playing with the, with the, you know, with all the COVID stuff, he's actually had shooting almost 50% from three. He's had some decent deals, but that's the thing, folks. Who the fuck knows with COVID, with how all this stuff's going? Like, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, it's pretty wide open. It's pretty wide open, man. Like, moving forward. I mean, this is one of the first seasons. It's still it's pretty open in the East. Still, I mean, Brooklyn, obviously up there, Chicago, you know, and then, and then in the West, there's little question marks around Golden State. Um, can they go over the top now with Clay? But there's a lot of other people punching up now, you know, Dallas and Memphis. And, you know, I think it's, it's it's as wide open as we've seen. You know, usually there's two or three, maybe four teams that you're like, yep, yeah, they go on chip. Whereas any factor in Milwaukee as well, is that there's a bunch more teams. I think it's extended to six, seven, maybe a few surprises. But it'd be nice to see. I think just for the Memphis the franchise and the story of how close they got when we knocked them out. I think it'd be cool to see them. Small market, you know, so to get to a finals would be nice, I think, bro. Yeah, I think so. And, and look, we just said it. We thought we think that John Morant's a top five player under 26 and under. So you've got a basically a top five MVP candidate on your team. And look, where do free agents want to go? They want to go, A, do you have a chance to win it? B, is your city like a destination city? So we know Memphis isn't, unless you're in a fucking Elvis fan or, you know, whatever, you're not, or you're not really, that's really not a destination city. But to play with John Morant, which seems like he's really fun to play with, you know, the city gets behind you. Look, NBA cities is good place to live in every NBA city as much as you don't like it or like it. But like, so you need to have a chance to win. You need a player that's going to bring you there, basically an MVP candidate, and you need to be a destination city. So they've got, they, they got the one out of three. They could probably get two out of three if they have a chance to win it. And they, it might attract another player. So I think they're going to make a final in the next five. I, I really do. Let's go Grizzlies. Steven Adams, baby. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us again. Episode 49 in the books. We're not going to do the Q&A on the pod live this week. So we want to try to get a, a few more people on the calling app. So please register on the calling app so you can actually ask a question. Um, have a listen to this week's Q&A on there live. Um, and then hopefully we can get a few more people joining next week to ask some questions on the pod. Pro, thank you. We'll see you next week. Folks, thanks, brother.